Grade 7s Talk to Experts, a podcast where Grade 7 students talk to experts and find out more about their specialty. I am your host for this episode, Jackson. I am a student at College Park School in Lloydminster, Alberta. Before we get into our expert for this episode, I want to just share um, a little bit about who we are and what we'll be doing in our podcasts. We are a class of 25 Grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting. We are focused on using... We are focused on experiential learning using a steep, using the STEAM approach. That's STEAM, which stands for science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Well, we want to answer that age-old question of why do I have to learn this by directly connecting what we study inside the classroom with the world outside the school. For our podcast, students will contacting an expert that they know in their wow. lives. This person can be an expert in their profession or job or what could pr- traditionally be considered a hobby or interest. Without further delay, I am pleased to introduce our expert for this episode, who is an expert on law and adventure, David Clements. Welcome. Hi, Jackson. How are Hi. you doing? Oh, I'm good. Um, let's start off by getting to know you. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. So you said, my name is David Clements. I'm 69 years old. Oh. I'm a lawyer, and I practiced law for 35 years. I've been retired now about 10 years. And uh, uh, I've been doing all sorts of things since then, but uh, that's basically who I am. All right. Um, how many people were in your family growing up? There was my mom and dad, and then I had a brother and a sister. All right. Um, what is your family like now? Uh, I'm married to Georgina, who your mom knows. We've been married almost 50 years, and I have. We have two children, Ross, uh, who is a lawyer that took over my law practice in Lloydminster. He has two children, so my grandchildren. And then my daughter, Heather, lives in Edmonton, and her and her husband run a cabinet business. We have one child. Uh, uh, what do you do for fun? Well, uh, I, I like the outdoors. I, I do a lot of hunting and fishing. I enjoy scuba diving, and I've done a lot of that in the last, well, I've been scuba diving for maybe 40 years, and I've done a lot of that since I retired. And I like outdoor adventure. I've done some long-distance uh, uh, boat trips um, in, the, in the Canadian Arctic from Cane uh, River on the Great Slave Lake to Tuk-Tuk-Tuk on the Arctic Ocean. I've been up and down the Mackenzie River twice that way. All right. Um, where did you live as a kid and what was that like? Yeah, I grew up in Bigger, Saskatchewan, which is a small town south of North Battleford. Um, it was a good place to grow up. I mean, there wasn't a lot of activities like there are in Lloydminster where you can do all sorts of things. We basically had a swimming pool and a hockey rink and the school, but it was fine. and. Uh, I, after I was 12 years old, I delivered papers and then I worked packing uh, groceries until graduation. Um, what was school like for you when you were younger? You know, Jackson, that was 57 years ago, a long time ago. So I can't remember very much about it, but uh, I had no problems. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed learning, and I think I was a, a reasonable student. But as far as particulars, I just can't remember too much about it. Okay. Well, is there anything you remember about grade seven uh, specifically? And again, I'm a long time ago, but 
I think that was the year I met my present wife. But she, she and I went to school in the same town and we're in the same grade. All right. Um, now I'm going to invite Landon to ask a question. Uh, hi, my name is Landon. And how long did you go to school to become a lawyer? Okay, Landon, I went to school for five years. Um, basically what happens, law school is three years, but you need to uh, go to university for some time before that. Lots of people uh, take a degree. Uh, a Bachelor of Arts, or it could be an engineer, it could be a nurse, but they want you to have uh, a degree before that. Uh, so for two years prior to going to law school, I studied economics and then went into law school. So it was five years total. Okay, thanks. Okay, um, tell us a little bit about practicing law. Well, um, so. I, when I got out of law school, I came to Lloydminster, and for two years, I was a Crown Prosecutor. And a Crown Prosecutor's job is basically to go to court and present the evidence uh, to try to get convictions on people that are charged with a crime. That could be anywhere from speeding to murder. And that, is, that involves you meet with the police or the other witnesses, figure out what what they needed to put before a judge to hopefully get them to convict needs evidence on certain points. And you would uh, go through the various witnesses and, and, and make sure you got all of that and hopefully in the end you get a conviction. Uh, after that, after that two years, I started my own practice and did a fair bit of criminal defense law. Now, that is, of course, going to court and trying to help out people that are charged with a crime. So I sort of stood on the other side of the courtroom, and you were in that job, trying to do your best to uh, get the court to find the guy not guilty of what the crime was, or if he was guilty, presenting the facts to the court that would reduce the sentence that was going to be imposed upon him as much as possible. So I did a fair bit of criminal defense work after, after I finished prosecuting, and later in my career, um, my practice evolved to a general practice where we did all sorts of things family law, real estate, wills and estates, segregation, uh, which is lawsuits, and, and, a, and a bunch of other stuff. Didn't do much criminal law in the latter part of my career. Um, now that you are retired, you are spending your days in an interesting way. Can you tell us a little bit about your adventures? Yeah, um, well. When I retired about 10 years ago, my wife is a nurse and she really likes her job and she wanted to continue to work. So I wanted to travel because we hadn't done much travel. So I planned to do some adventures. So one of the things that I did is I went to Australia and uh, went to, first of all, to the south of Australia. Um, Port Lincoln is the place. And the purpose of that was to dive with great white sharks. If they, uh, we went out on a boat for about a week and they would lower us over the back in cages and uh, we would uh, get to see these sharks and take pictures of them. After that, I went on a, a tour of Tasmania, which is in the south of Australia for a week, which was very, very interesting. Um, and then I flew up to Cairns, which is in the northeast part of Australia, and went on a, a dive boat there that went out on the Great Barrier Reef, which is one of the best dive spots in the world. 
very interesting to see. And then, other than that, like I say, I went twice into the uh, to the north of Canada um, doing these uh, long boat trips. Take, it takes about a month to go from a river to tuck you up, tuck that back. And it's, there's not very much up there. I mean, I go maybe four or five days. I travel by my own. I go four or five days without seeing anybody. And then you come to a small village. and uh, But I met lots of interesting people. I got lots of interesting stuff happen. Um, I've done lots of diving, scuba diving in Mexico and uh, Cuba and Honduras. And uh, I, when I retired, I went to Honduras at a place called Utila and took a six-week course called the Dive Master's course, which gives me the ability to dive uh, scuba divers from a dive boat. And uh, I, I have done some big game diving. Um, I've done a lot of hunting in there. There are outfitters that sometimes need some help to uh, with their clients, and I've, I've uh, guided for black bear, for elk, and moose, and uh, deer. So I try to keep busy outside. I've just come back from a trip up to Buffalo Narrows where we did some ice fishing. Okay. Um, earlier on when you were answering that question, you said you um, went in the cage and then like saw some sharks. What were you like feeling when you did that? Were you like scared, nervous? No, it wasn't, wasn't nervous because you had the cage, you know, around you. And it, it's a substantial cage. And the, and the sharks would come in very close. They'd stick their nose right up to the cage. But I can't say that I was scared. But I did do a, uh, a scuba diving trip into the Gulf of Mexico. Out on, out on the Gulf of Mexico, they have these big uh, there's production towers for oil rigs. There's an oil, there's an oil well, and they have these big towers that come up from the ocean floor, and they pump oil over there. So uh, we went out, and I drove a couple times in there, and I had a shark, a black tip shark, give me some serious problems there, and I was scared that time. I, I he came in, and I just, I had to just keep kicking him, and uh, finally the guys in the boat came over, and I jumped on board, but. That was the only time really I've had any problem with sharks. I've seen lots of sharks um, in a scuba atmosphere, but never had any problems except that one. Okay. Um, when you were uh, actually, no, no. Um, when, what was, do you think would be your, the, the coolest adventure that you've been on? Well, I like that. I like the, the trips up the Mackenzie River. I really enjoyed that. I read a, Tremendous amount of history in, in regard to the Arctic. I, I, I really enjoyed reading the books about the early Arctic explorers, and uh, I liked being outside. And that trip basically was a small boat, and I would uh, just move along for a day and then just camp on the shore by myself. And uh, I enjoyed the solitude, and it was very impressive to see how huge northern Canada is. Like it's it's about 1,800 kilometers from Hay River to Takarata, and there's very, very few people living along there. If you look at the map, you'd see there's, there's a few little villages, Rigney, you know, uh, Fort Good Hope, Norman Wells, Inuit, just a few villages, and most of it, there's nobody there, and you wouldn't see anybody, basically, until you got close to the villages, and then there'd be the uh, boat in the water, but Everybody was extremely friendly. If you stopped in those villages, they made you welcome and wanted to know what was going on and told you about their lives and, and what life, life that was there. Okay. Um, 
now back to law. When you were younger, did you were you interested in like being a lawyer? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know why my dad had a business in Baker, Saskatchewan. I mean, he did. He wasn't a lawyer, but he did some like real estate transactions and things like that, sort of lawyer stuff. And I became interested probably since I was maybe your age. That that's what I what I thought I was going to do, and uh, I kept my eye on that until I went to law school. Okay, um, I'm now inviting Cohen to ask you a question. Hi, when did you work as a lawyer? Okay, well, I worked here in Whitewinster my whole career. And so that will be 35 years. And uh, basically, other than when I worked for the government as a crown prosecutor, I had my own business. Now, I worked with other lawyers in that business, but I was always my own boss, and I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Okay. Um, have there been times that you felt uh, discouraged as a lawyer, and what made you keep on going? Well, sometimes uh, if you went to court for a person and you believe that they should, should if you were defense counsel, you believe they shouldn't be convicted, or if you're a crown prosecutor and you believe that they should, and the judge didn't do what he thought was right, it was discouraging. So you would go away from there thinking, well, something happened that that wasn't a fair day in court. I mean, not that the judge wasn't fair, but that was his decision. But to get over that, you just had to carry on and do the best you could put on the next case. Um, it, it's just one of those things. You're not going to win every case that you're involved with. Okay. Um, what kind of lawyer were you like for most of your time? Well, like I say, I did a lot of criminal law, but most of my career would have been doing uh, what we call civil law. And that would be, I did, I did some lawsuits where you know, people would be suing each other over partnerships or contracts. And then pardon me, quite a bit of real estate, you know, transferring houses, um, and some divorces, some wills and estates, and just various stuff like that. It would be considered a general law practice. Um, why did you decide to go on long trips around the world when you retired? I just wanted some adventure. I mean, I was 60 years old, and we hadn't traveled a tremendous amount. I was free. I mean, I, we didn't have to go to work the next day, and so I just decided that I would do the best I could to go and see some of the world. Okay. Um, I'm now going to invite Brody to ask you a question. It's right there. Where is the farthest place you ever went? Yeah, like I said, that would be Australia, which is a, a long flight from Vancouver, so a 12-hour flight to to Australia, so that's the furthest uh, Okay. All right. Um, I'm now going to invite Gavin to ask you a question. Hi, my name is Gavin. Have you ever felt wrong for standing up for someone when they were actually guilty? So the way it works in our in our judicial system, our courts, is that you've got a crown prosecutor, and we're talking criminal law. You've got a crown prosecutor and a defense lawyer. And the job, my job, if I was a crown prosecutor, is to put forward all of the evidence that I could to uh, convict the guy. So the 
judge hears all the stuff that would indicate he was guilty of the crime. As a defense lawyer, my job was to raise all the points I could to indicate that he hadn't done it, or to indicate that there was a reason for him to do it, and if he was convicted, to get the sentences as low as possible. It's like a debate. If, if you were the judge, so you're going to make a judge on, on, on a case. So the prosecutor gets up, he says everything that he can say about on his side, and the defense lawyer gets up and says everything that he can say about the guy on his side, and then you as the judge make the decision. So did I ever feel bad about representing a guy? No, because I was just uh, within bounds, the ethical bounds, raising all of the things that he would have raised if he had the knowledge to do it. I wasn't, I mean, I represented some pretty bad guys. I didn't like what they'd done, but in our system, everybody's entitled to a defense lawyer, and you don't have to take the case if you don't want to. You know, but I found it a challenge, and it was interesting, and it's an important part of our system that everybody gets, gets a lawyer involved. Thank you. Um, can you tell us about exper an experience where you were unsure, but you chose to participate anyway, and you gave your best effort? Well, the thing is, with in law, you know, there's there's case, cases come along that you have no experience in. Maybe it'll be a patent law case, or you know, something like that. And I took some of those cases, um, and it was it was difficult because. It was new, left, new ground. You had to study up on it, and uh, so you were basically, I'm sure, like when I was doing a process as a prosecutor criminal law, I did a lot of drinking and driving cases. So that was easy. I knew all about the law. I knew everything about what was going on there. But like I said, I took some cases that you really, it was new ground altogether. It was sort of unsure how, where I was going, how it would work out, but you just simply had to do your homework. And uh, and see if they do the best work. Um, okay. Um, in your opinion, what makes someone an es an expert? And do you consider yourself an expert in law or adventure? I, I don't consider myself an expert in law. Um, I, I mean, I, I have a law degree, and I know a fair bit about the law. But to be an expert in the law is somebody that is maybe a law professor or somebody that has studied an area of law and, and written books on it, has maybe given lectures on it, um, that's, that's a long ways away from where I am as an average lawyer. So I don't consider myself an expert. And as far as a outdoor adventure, I, I just consider myself a regular guy that likes to go out there. I mean, there's lots of guys that are well-trained, you know, they are expert guides and outfitters. And so I don't consider myself an expert in that area either. Okay. Um, what do you think failure has to do with success? Also, um, when did you fail and how did it help you? Yeah, I, I mean, I had trouble with this question because I, I mean, you, 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 you know, don't consider things a failure necessarily. It's just that you're disappointed in the way it worked out. And so you, the next time you go, uh, see, I'm thinking about court, you, you, uh, you do it different. And, um, but I mean, that's the way you learn, and it's the same with other areas of the law. Like if you if you do a divorce case, and uh, you know things aren't things don't work out exactly as you want them to or, or expected them to, it's not a failure, but 
you look at it and say, well, okay, I'm going to fix that the next time I go, I'm going to do something different the next case. Okay. Um, can you tell us about someone who you looked up to when you were younger or admired? Yeah, there was a, there was a doctor in, in our hometown in Bigger. His name was Alan Hoagie, Dr. Hoagie. And uh, he delivered myself, he delivered my wife, delivered all my, my, my brothers and sisters and most of the community. And he was a hometown doctor. He devoted himself to that community for his whole career. And I really respected him. He was the type, type of guy that, you know, any time of the day or night, he was available to help out take people bigger. And, and he was a good doctor. So, yes, I looked up to him and respected him. Okay. Um, you have um, done a lot of law and you've done a lot of adventures. Is there anything else that you would like to do? Um, at this point... Uh, no, I, I mean, I want to continue to do some adventures. Um, you know, I'd like to do a, a, another river trip. I, I've been thinking about going down the Mississippi River, but it's hard to tell now that COVID came along. Now we've got this, this, this war in the Ukraine, price of gas, all those things. So I don't know, but I'll continue to go out in, out in the wilderness. Last fall, we did a horse trip into the mountains. Uh, hunting out, and I really, really enjoyed that, and I'm hoping to do that again this fall. Okay. Um. Before you, uh, actually, no, never mind. Uh, let's. I'm gonna open mic to questions from the floor. Hi, my name Hi. is Addison, and I was wondering, do you speak any different languages from traveling and going to different villages? No, else they don't. Like when we, maybe like you guys, when we grew up, we were taught French, but I never really got onto it. And um, I speak a little bit of Spanish. I'm sorry I don't know more. Like my wife and I just came back. We were in Mexico for two months, and then I was three weeks in Honduras. And uh, it would be very nice to learn Spanish. And I encourage you, if you're going to take another language, because that, that's the fun language. Those are the fun places. Thank you. I'm also learning Spanish right now. So. Good for you. Good for you. Hello, I'm Breton, and I think a lot of us watch a special victims unit. And how accurate would you think that is regarding the uh, court part at the end? I, I don't know the show. What is it about? Uh, it's just stuff, I guess. Never mind. Thank you. Well, no, that's fine. I mean, uh, you, you, uh, what? if you explain yeah. it to me, I'll try and answer. So it's, uh, it's a law uh, show yeah. that uh, deals with, I guess, higher problems uh, like murder and... situation on that, first of all, you should know that like, what you see on TV about law is a very small segment as a rule, because they're showing you exciting stuff about going to court. Lots and lots of lawyers don't go to court. They don't have anything to do with court, because the area of law that they're involved with really doesn't deal with court. Like, you can deal with patent law, you can deal with real estate, condominium law. My son Ross, he's practiced law for 20 years. 
and he had, I don't think that he has been before more than six times. It's just not part of what he does. But I know the type of show that you're talking about, and it's a it's a drama, and you can't take from that very much as to what actually happens in the legal world. I mean, they're trying to make it exciting and interesting, and um, I I don't think you can say well that's a that would be a true representation of what it's like to practice law. Uh, thank you. And also, uh, why is there, do you know why there's a jury there if there's also a um, judge? Yeah, yeah. So, um, in our system, if it's a civil lawsuit, like a lawsuit about a car accident or something like that, you're entitled to a jury of six people. And in a, in a criminal law situation, you're entitled to a jury of 12 people. Now, I've only been involved in one jury trial. It's not very often that uh, a jury trial is selected, but it's, it's available there. And in criminal law, uh, the only time that you would use it is where it was a fifth issue that maybe, maybe this like abortion at one time where it was against the law, but the majority of the people didn't feel it was right to convict the guy. And if you took it from the jury, you might get an acquittal where a judge would have to acquit you. So I don't know if that's a good example, but the jury trial that I did had to do with the guy that was hurt badly in a motor vehicle accident. And we just decided that it would probably be better if we took it in front of the jury as opposed to the judge. But most cases, I heard just in front of one judge. Thank you. Hi, my name is Gavin, and is there a kind of law that you would never want to pursue? Not really, Gavin. I mean, I think that lawyers recognize that family law is a difficult area because you're dealing with people uh, where, where there's lots of emotion, they're having disputes over their children over money, et cetera, and, and they get very uh, worked up about it. And you have, if you're going to practice family law, you've got to be a fairly hard person and be able to keep control of people's emotions if you can. So I would think that that was what most lawyers would say is family law is a difficult area of practice. Okay, thank you. Hi, my name is Julia. Have you ever had a case go to the Supreme Court? No, uh, the way it works, Julia, is um, there's the court, the courts in Alberta and Saskatchewan, there's provincial court, like we have provincial court right here in Lexington. And then there's a court of Queen's Bench, and uh, there's there's a court like that in Edmonton and Saskatoon, where part of our And then there's a court of appeal in each province, and then there's the Supreme Court. I've had cases go to the court of appeal. But never to the Supreme Court. The Court of the Supreme Court only hears very, very few cases that have sort of a, a national significance, and uh, so it, it just wasn't part of uh, what I did to get up that high. Okay, thank you. Um, my name is Aiden, and what is your dream adventure? Well, I, I would uh, I would really like to go to the Arctic and go through the Northwest Passage, which is the is the water that would stretch 
from Greenland over to Alaska. Uh, read lots of history about the exploration that was done up there, but it, it's extremely expensive, and I probably will never get to do it. Okay, thank you. Uh, do you have any advice for a 12-year-old when dealing with the law? You're interested in getting into the law? Uh, when dealing with the law. Like oh, when dealing with the law? Yeah. Well, um, what kind of law are we talking about? What sort of problems? Like, like police officers and stuff. Okay, well, my, my advice is that you need to be just polite. All right, if, if a policeman stops you, all right, you just need to be polite and reasonable with him, and you will get that back. And uh, so, I mean, there's really not much I can say other than that, because I can't envision a problem that you would have that would involve the police. But, you know, uh, if, if, if they stop you and talk to you or want to know something, you just be reasonable and play with them. Okay, bye. Hi, I'm. Hi, I'm Callie. And what's the farthest place that you've had to travel for uh, lo for law lawyer? For a lawyer, um, I've uh, been in uh, in northern communities like Pine House, flew up there to do some cases. I've done cases in Edmonton and Saskatoon, and that's that is about it. Uh, really have I mean the way it works in law is is that you have to be what they call admitted to the bar you have to be accepted by the law society to practice law in a province. So I was I was a member of law society in Saskatchewan and Alberta, which you basically have to do if you're practicing law in the because you got to decide. So I wouldn't be uh, allowed to practice law outside of those two provinces unless I got special permission from the province it was in. So all, all my legal work has been in those two provinces. Thank you. Uh, hi, my name is Brett, and is there a type of law that you wanted to do, but you didn't get the chance? Uh, no, Brett. I'm, no, there was nothing nothing like that. I mean, today, what if I was going to practice law again, I would pick one area. And, you know, maybe I, maybe I would have just stayed doing criminal law for my whole career. Because it's now getting, law is getting so complicated that you can't really be what they call a general practitioner. You have to specialize. And it would be comfortable if you were, you know, a, a, a close to an expert in the area of law that you were working in. As a general practitioner, you're doing, covering lots of fields and you never really feel completely comfortable in in any given field because you're not doing it all the time so yeah that would be my answer to that okay thank you um hello it's Burton again and i was wondering what are the different uh levels of judicial like systems in canada different levels of which sorry judicial 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 okay well like i say um the, there's courts different courts like the provincial court hears almost all criminal matters but you can elect to take a criminal court case to court consent which is the next highest court and after that the court of appeal it it can hear cases but just an appeal you don't call evidence there you 
you go there and you, uh, you know, if you think that the judge in the lower courts have made a mistake in regards to the law and perhaps the facts, but not very often, you would go to that court and say, look, we think this, this judge has uh, misapplied the law, for example, and we would like that straightened around. And so that's what the Court of Appeal does. And then after that, you have the Supreme Court that basically does the same thing. And, and an appeal from the Court of Appeal in any province would go to the Supreme Court. Thank you. Okay, um, I have one last question for you. And um, have you ever gone into a court case with a biased opinion? Okay. Well, I mean, lots of times as a prosecutor, of course. I mean, you know, some people run into situations where the guy is has done something very bad, very horrible. And of course you go in biased. Now, as a, because you, you want to convict him, but as a uh, Crown Prosecutor, your job isn't solely to convict the guy. It's to present the case fairly and honestly and let the judge make up his mind. So that, that would be the case where I'm in with a biased decision. If, or, if you're defending the guy, if you feel so strongly about it that you're biased, that you don't feel you can Representing properly, you don't need a representative, and there are cases where I wouldn't do it. Okay. Um, the last question is: Have you ever been to the Supreme Court, just like to visit? No, I, I haven't, and, and uh, that maybe is one of the things that I, I try to do before I go. All right. Um, that's our last question. So um, we're going to wrap up now. Is there anything okay. else you wanted to say? No. No. It's fun doing this. Uh, thank you for coming. Uh, I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. We learned a lot about law and adventure. Thank you to my classmates for the questions, and thank you, listeners. Have a great day, and stay tuned for the next episode. from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.